Welcome to Dueling Reviews, a show where two guys sit down with one comic book and discuss it in depth, in detail. That's what this show is about. I'm Stephen. That's Matthew over there. Hello, Matthew. Hello. I don't condone pornography. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. Hey, I didn't say I don't consume. I said I don't condone. Lies. And it's a complete non sequitur. We are not talking about pornography this week. In fact, we are talking about DC's The All New 52, Constantine Number 1. Star of Justice League Dark is unleashed in his all new ongoing series. Liar, cheater, manipulator, John Constantine is all of these, and yet he uses these skills and more to protect the world from the darkest corners of the DC universe. Darkest corners! And what Constantine learns in this first issue will shake the very foundation of the new 52, and only he knows how to deal with it. Except, Matthew, as I read this first issue, he doesn't seem to know how to deal with it. In fact, he spends most of the issues talking about uh, magic and how kind of magic works in that people who are magicians take without having to do the work you know, the give and take kind of process, they just take without the give part, and that, mm-hmm. that has consequences. Agreed. And so I got a lot of questions as we get into this. Okay. So uh, question the first of DC canceled the Vertigo John Constantine a couple of months ago. Hellblazer, yeah. Hellblazer. Yeah. And is this the same Constantine? How much has he changed? Well, see, the problem that you come into is that Hellblazer was a 35-year-old book. Right. It had been published continuously since 1988. And when you say to me, is this the same Constantine that we saw in Hellblazer number 300? No. But the guy writing this, Joshua Uh, Lemire. Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. Josh Josh Lemire. Jeff Jeff Lemire. Lemire And Ray Fox. There you go. Jeff Lemire clearly did his homework because this is – a riff back to the original Hellblazer number one in 1988. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, to the point where in that issue, something vaguely similar happens. On the very first page, there's a reference to that very first issue in 98 when they talk about Papa. Yeah. In the first issue of Hellblazer in 1988, Papa Midnight, who was basically Papa Shango from uh, the James Bond movies. Mm -hmm. You remember him? Or Papa Baron Uh, Samini, whatever. uh, 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 uh. Seven up. <laughs> the Angola. The yeah. There's a reference to that and on that very first page. But right. this also follows a sort of a similar pattern in that in those early issues, John was basically completely a Karma Houdini. Terrible things would happen around him that were his fault, and he would never take the blame. Okay, so he would sacrifice his friends instead. Right. So this then is most definitely not a continuation of that John Constantine, oh, no. but most certainly a, a reboot, a reboot or a new fifty-two ising of the John Constantine character. Agreed. And the the Hellblazer series, it should be noted, didn't occur precisely in real time. Right. But John did age closer to real time. So he aged 30 years in the 35 years of his book. At one point, they had his 50th birthday party and Ah, then his 55th. And so this is a much younger – this character, I peg him for around 30. Like everybody in the DC universe is a a lone tough guy in his late 20s anymore. Okay. So the next question is uh, this character, Chris, that uh, confronts Constantine and says, hey, I need your help. Is that yes. a character that we or that anybody who've been reading Hellblazer would know about or not? 
In as much as John has a friend who ends up being cannon fodder, yes. Okay. But no, the Chris character is not one that we have run into before. The cult, uh, the cult of the cold flame. Yes. What are they? The cult of the cold flame. <laughs> I want to say that the cold flame and the dark circle were part of. Do you remember when we covered books of magic? Right, right. Well, see, that's what I was wondering because um, when they get into the part where he's talking about the cult of the cold flame, um, right. we see um, Sargon, we mm-hmm. see Zatara, yeah, we see Mister E, and we see a Tamarack. Tamarack, and I yeah. and I remember in the books of magic that Mr. E went a little nutso and right. uh, had to walk backwards through time or forwards through time. I forget. Lost his eyes. Back through time from the end of time. Tim, I must take your eyes, Tim. Uh, yeah, that, that was all in the book of that was all in the book of magic. So I know he's bad. I'm right. not familiar with Saragon. Or Sargon. Sargon was a minor mystical hero of the uh, speaking things backwards persuasion. Okay. He was a member of the All-Star Squadron and an original DC Golden Age third stringer. Okay. Uh, you probably remember Sargon if you ever read um, All-Star Squadron. Mm-hmm. Sargon wearing a tuxedo. Oh, and, and the uh, turban. 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 Okay, yeah. I, I know who the that turban is. Turban with the ruby on the front. Yeah, yeah. That was Sargon. Okay, so I know who that is. Uh, what and about uh, Tanarak? Tanarak was one of the villains of the Phantom Stranger. Uh, Tanarak likewise appeared in the Books of Magic, which seems to have some influence here, too. So, you remember when they went to that mystical club mm-hmm. and John pulled his big con? That club was owned by Tanarak. Okay. And Tanarak is a guy who basically looks like the devil in a pure white suit. Mm, okay. He had so, the, the fork beard and the. I can the understand Mr. E going nutsoid, and I can yeah. understand Tanarak not being aligned with good. Right. Uh, but why is Zatara and uh, Sargon on the dark side? I think Zatara and Sargon have been sacrificed to the god of of story MacGuffins to show how uh, how good characters can be corrupted by the power of the magic that that John is using. I haven't been I haven't been reading this um, the Dark Justice League book. Have you? Jail Dark. You I have, dark. but not regularly. I've missed a few issues. So, do you know anywhere in the New 52 that they address the Sargon and Zatara issue? To my knowledge, this is the first New 52 appearance of all four of the characters. Interesting. Interesting. I'm I, not sure I, I like they that. They have missed an issue. Well, that, and they may have referenced Zatara in Zatanna's previous stuff, because Zatanna was a member of... Yeah, Jail Dark. Jail Dark, and something else, I want to say... She popped up in some, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Frankenstein or some such. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious about that because I was rather surprised when we got to that page that he was, uh, that he was part of the evil. And I, like I said, I understood Mr. E, uh, him being in that, but the cult of the cold flame are looking for, um, Alistair Crowley's compass. Right. Although he's not listed as Alistair Crowley in this book. Oh, no, no, no. And I don't understand why not because because <laughs> president obama appeared this week well, in the books. that's what i was going to get to you know obama I is think... name checked at the back of the book in your uh, favorite little tv uh, 52 news 52 backup bit, bit but in the uh the in the uh, bulk of the story when we're talking about this guy croydon's uh compass is what they're looking for uh 
put together by the right bastard named Angus Croydon, a sadist wizard who squandered most of his power on arranging deprived orgies with the cream of England's gentry. Uh, Alistair Crowley, anyone? Here's the thing. Do you remember recently when people were like, oh, my God, they're using Audrey Hepburn to sell ice cream? Oh, sure. Audrey Hepburn is a deceased person, and thus her likeness is owned, and she is owned by a, a who corporation. Owns, who owns, owns Crowley's rights? I don't know, but I'll bet you even money that somebody does. Somebody evil. Somebody probably Some dark magic. asked for money. Somebody if dark you, magic spelled with a, with a K-S. Right, Instead but if you wanted to do a story about how Mick Jagger is a werewolf, you can do that because Mick Jagger is a public figure. Sure. But if you want to do a story about how Jim from uh, The Doors, whose name last name escapes me, oh, I'm going to lose all my His credit. last name was Door. That's why huh? they called it The Doors. Stacy, I'm on the air. <laughs> can you talk more during my show? Yes, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, thank you. If you want to do a story featuring Jim Morrison, you can't. Right. Because Jim Morrison's likeness is owned. And I right. think that Crowley is probably someone somewhere is representing the Crowley estate or Crowley estate. You have to pronounce it correctly or people come down on you like a bag of hammers. Then we'll call it Boy, Croydon. Croydon. So uh, this story is kind of a uh, little bit of an Indiana Jones bit where here's this uh, council of uh, evil people and right. we discover that uh, the head, Sargon, has been dismissed and his daughter is leading um, the quest to find these three pieces to this compass. The needle, the, I forget the, the other the part. The thread. The thread and then something and else. The, the, the knot at the end. Yeah. And uh, this one is all about finding the needle. Right. In the haystack. In the haystack in Norway. It's fascinating in an ice to, castle. Me to see them go back to an earlier iteration of the character because this really does feel like the Constantine of the first 20 or so issues. Is this the Constantine Bef that you love or do you like the Constantine that came? This is the first Constantine. In the 200s. <clears throat> well, let's put it this way this was, this issue features a close representation of the first Constantine that we were introduced to back in Swamp Thing in 86. Cool. Where he showed up, acted mysterious, people died around him. He seemed to have incredible powers, but maybe he was just kind of, you know, dragging somebody else's powers around or, you know, stealing a little bit here, a little bit there. Or right. Going into the books of magic and going, haha, maybe I have power. You guys know me. Haha. And they all back down because they heard the legends about him and mm -hmm. the legends have such power. Yeah. Now, Chris, uh, this person that we say is the tag along who I didn't know had any kind of uh, past uh, connection with uh, Constantine. Uh, he gets he gets trapped by Sargon and she's going to rip him to shreds. This if, is a new Sargon, by the way. This is John Sargent's daughter. Right. The new um, the uh, you know, she's going to rip him uh, Chris to shreds if uh, Constantine doesn't turn over the needle. He says no. She rips him to shreds anyway. And uh, Constantine uses some uh, magic to escape and just basically is like, sorry there, Chris. Sorry for letting you die. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, not knowing, discussion. not knowing Constantine's past where he would just sacrifice those around him really didn't make me like Constantine that much in this book in that he doesn't give a flip about anybody but himself. In the earliest issues of Hellblazer, this happened a lot. Mm. 
In the first 12 issues, I think John lost nine friends. In the very first issue, we meet uh, uh, Gary Gaz, who um, ends up dying horribly. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get into that second and third arc by issue 24 and 25, literally every supporting character we've been introduced to dies. Mm. So when we finally meet a girl who doesn't die, it's like, oh my gosh, this is something new and different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I kind of, not so much expected, but accepted, because it's clear that Lemire is going for the old school kind of young John Constantine from the early 80s, but in a more modern setting. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, from that standpoint, not knowing that that was his his gimmick or that was his shtick uh, from long ago, really doesn't make me like him that much, even though he is supposed to be... Uh, supposedly a force for good, but ultimately I think he's just looking out for himself. He's designated protagonist. He's not really, and to some degree, almost never is a good character, a purely good Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, force of good. John always tends to act in enlightened self-interest. Okay. Well, um, so, you know, with that in mind, I didn't hate this story, but I also didn't like it a whole lot. This is kind of a, a, it had a really good hook for me. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a, a a good story, sets up a good adventure. That's going to be wrapped up in, in uh, three more uh, uh, issues. Cause this is part one of four. I think if I remember correctly, this Um, is an ongoing, but this is the first arc. Yeah. The first arc. Um, so from the story standpoint, I, like I said, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it, love it, love it. I'm curious to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that standpoint, I think Lemire did a, a, a really good job in bringing this character to life. And again, this is me reading it, not having read a lot of jail dark in the last, Oh man, I think I only read about the first six issues of that. Right. Um, so yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah. What about you? I really liked this issue. I thought that, They really captured some things from, excuse me, from old school Hellblazer that we hadn't seen for a while. Because one of the things that you'll find is those first 12 issues were written by Jamie Delano or Delano Delano. Eh, We'll call him Jamie. Jamie wrote those first 12 issues and then got into a really weird dark arc. And then the book went into a weird place and then Garth Ennis takes over right. and everybody remembers the Garth Ennis issues as the catalyzing issues. Mm-hmm. They're not the first. So you have that sort of that proto phase of the first 20 or 30 issues before people really started going, Hey, this Hellblazer is something awesome. And I like the fact that this harkens back to the original character concepts. I can deal with the fact that they have upped his overt power level. Yeah. They've made him, you know, at least fighting magic-y, which is fine. And I felt like they captured the voice of the character. You could hear him, because in my head, he always kind of sounds like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Sure. Which is odd, because, you know... Buffy the Vampire Slayer came in like 10 years after. I think before that he sounded like Sting, but <laughs> Sting's accent is a little too posh. Yeah. Sting's yells, but that's neither here nor there. For me, this was a very successful kickoff. Okay. Had this been the first issue of Hellblazer I ever read, I would probably have gone, hey, 
Actually, this, this this almost was the first issue of Hellblazer yeah, yeah, yeah. that I ever read. It has a very similar vibe and a very similar plot to it. So I, I think I just cool. need to digest this for a while longer. I think I need to read. I think I need to move through this arc and see what happens. And I think I think I'm willing to give this um, however long this arc is four issues or six issues or whatever it is. I'm willing to go uh, the distance on that just to see what happens next. Um, but at the moment, eh, I'm still kind of, like I said, it's not terrible. There's nothing in here that is demanding me. That's urging me. That's calling me to come back next month and read the next issue. If it's there, yeah, I'm going to pick it up and read it. And maybe over time I'll have a better appreciation and fondness for this. But I think one of the things that always works weird in a superhero universe is magic. And so if this were, you know, just in the vertigo realm, I could deal with magic without a problem. Um, So I don't know. It's just, just, it's really weird for me right now. I don't have so much of a problem with magic superheroes. I was worried about this book because of DC's treatment of the phantom stranger. Right. Turning him into 30 uh, years. Yeah. They took, they took basically all of the things that were, mysterious and shadowy and unknown and spelled it right out on the page and somehow lost a lot of the magic. And I was afraid that we were going to get more of that here and have John, you know, be, be basically the DC universe's Dr. Strange. Yeah. Flat out running around with a magical cape and zappy zappy kablamicus, which would be problematic for me. I think that would be a huge issue, but this didn't go that route, and I actually I really enjoyed the route that it went. Mm-hmm. In that, it harkens back to stories that I really like. What'd you think of the art? Art was pretty phenomenal. This this book looked good, and the characters looked very specific, and they looked very consistent. Mm-hmm. The facial expressions were really well done. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought so too. Uh, I I like the art a lot in this book. Um, I didn't really find anything that, you know, it's very detailed, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a Green Lantern appearance in this book. Um, there is, I li- especially when you go down into his apartment or whatever it is that he keeps under, uh, under the, um, pet store. Yeah. His, super uh, detailed, little underground. super detailed all around. I think the only time that it kind of falls apart as far as detail is when they go to the ice, uh, hotel, but that's only because it's an ice hotel and there's really not much you can do when you're drawing ice. But, um, water, lots of, lots of detail that I really got a kick out of. So I really like the art in this. And I would say, um, you know, the book is worth picking up for the art alone on that. I would agree. I think this art is really, really well done. So go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. We're good. Okay. I was going to say, so for bottom line for me, um, I'm going to say that this is a book that if you're interested, if you were a, a Hellblazer fan, I think you might, uh, like picking this book up. If you're a fan of Justice League Dark, I think you probably will want to pick this book up. If you're a casual reader, give it a chance, give it, give it like me, give it a one pickup chance and see if it uh, hits a chord with you. Um, but otherwise I, I don't know if there's anything super phenomenal outstanding in this just yet. What about you? This is a very, very good start. And it's really better than I felt like we had any right to expect. Mm -hmm. 
I'm very impressed with what they've done here. And I would say that this is absolutely a must-have for a Hellblazer fan. Or if you're looking to become a Hellblazer fan. <clears throat> if you're interested in figuring out what the deal is with this character, other than he was played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then I would say definitely this is a book to look at. Actually, this uh, if people were a fan of that series, they might want to pick this up and they might have a better appreciation for what uh, what's going on in that universe. It's good. It's possible. I mean, the difference between this and what Kian did is this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got that going for you, which is nice. So, um, yeah, so you, you say it's a must-have pickup book. I say it is, and I say go buy it. Rush right out in a buying frenzy. In a buying frenzy, Matthew says. All right, some mm-hmm. high praise there for Constantine. That's and, high praise. Uh, let me make sure we get the artist name in here because that's uh that is it's important. Not, it's not Josh Lemire? No, Jeff Lemire is the uh is the writer. Oh well who's Josh Lemire? I don't know. I think that's somebody you may have made up. Uh Renee Gosh. A Guedes. Guedes. Oh, Renato Guedes. Okay, Renato Guedes is the uh art and variant cover on this. Um colorist is uh Gosh, my eyes are so bad tonight, I can't even get in on that page. Uh, Marcelo Maiolo? Mialo? Uh, Mercedes Miata. Yes. Uh, Fine, fine year, 96. Um, And Sal Cipriano as the uh, letterer. So I I thought overall this was a really, really good, um, from the art standpoint, all those people deserve the credit, even if I um, mangled their names all the hell. I love all the stuff in John's little sanctum sucktor. Man, that's so detailed. I mean, you can spend a, you can spend a good fifteen minutes looking at this. I actually was looking through it to see how many of these things I recognized. And did you? No. Oh. <laughs> but you know, I thought, hey, Boy, maybe punch just... a line to a joke, right? There. Oh, I love the detail. I spent all this time looking for it, looking for things that I that I uh, thought I could recognize. And did you? No. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, that is why we are here every week. And listeners, if you want to help ensure that this show continues each and every week, head over to uh, Majorspoilers.com. That's the site that uh, that we run. And you will see uh, our little goal that we are trying to reach. We're looking for a bunch of new subscribers and new members or whatever that you want to call them, recurring members. Uh, so. $5 or $10, even $2 a month for people who, who don't want to go the uh, $5 route. Every little bit helps, help, helps us uh, keep the show on, uh, on the, uh, on the digital air, I guess it's not really air <laughs> helps the podcast feeds, uh, keep it churning and keeps, uh, iTunes gives people a reason to go over to iTunes and all the other places. Every little bit helps and will ensure that you will get major spoilers content and dueling, re- uh, dueling reviews content, uh, years and years from now, there is a cost to all this stuff. And that's what we are trying to offset and ensure that we can take major spoilers and dueling reviews and a lot, lot more to the next level. But not Zach on film. Oh, no. Zach on film is going to be awesome until Zach gets a job and moves to Colorado or something. I'm Zach and I'm moving to Colorado. So next week. Then we'll call it Brian on film. Next week from uh, Dark Horse Comics, we have Angel and Faith number 20. The Mm -hmm. answer number three. Um... Baltimore men's adult t-shirt. <laughs> That's what we're going to do a dueling review do on. Dragon Age until we sleep. Um, DC Comics has All-Star Western Don't number 18. Dra- no, sleep. Tell Dragon, Dragon Age. Dun, dun. Um, 
Batman The Dark Knight, number 18, comes out. I, Vampire 18, Joe Kubert Presents, uh, number 6. Justice League Dark, number 18. Talon, number 16. Titans, number 18. Time Warp, number 1. I have no idea what that book is about. It's just a jump to the left. Oh, really? And then you do the pelvic thrust, and IDW Publishing has Borderlands Origins, number 1. Complete Zosser of Zilk comes out. Judge Dredd, number 5. I have no idea. Transformers More Than Meets the Eye Trade Paperback Volume 3. Image Comics has Bomb Queen Deluxe Edition Hardcover Volume 1. Mature readers on that one. Clone Number 5. You could do Bomb Queen, but the last time I read Bomb Queen, <laughs> it frightened me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hackslash Number 25. I think that series coming is coming to a close, right? Is it? I don't know. I thought I thought I saw something about that. I, I'd have to go back and look. Morning Glories 25 comes out. Is it vamp booting? I don't know. I, I haven't read that in such a long time. I was a big fan of it, like, for the first, you know, when it was the miniseries on and off and put out right. by a bunch of different people. Um, I need to go in and uh, go check that out again. Savage Skull Kickers number one comes out. Spawn Origins Hardcover Volume 8 comes out. Image, uh, let's see, Image McFarlane Toys has a bunch of Walking Dead toys that are coming out, including Autopsy Zombie Action Figure. Oh, well, who doesn't want that? <laughs> Age of Ultron number three hits store shelves from Marvel Comics. Avengers vs. X-Men trade paperback. Fantastic Four f- number five. Uh, Age of Ultron now edition. Now! So, much, so much going on. Guardians so, of the Galaxy number yeah, one now uh, comes out. I want it now. Well, here, I don't even Baruka. understand what this one says. It says Journey into Mystery number 650 now two. Maybe is that squared? Maybe it's now squared. It's now, now, now. That would be actually now cubed, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, man. So many crazy things going on over there. Ultimate Comics Wolverine number two. Wolverine and the X-Men number 27. It's about the only Wolverine books that are coming out next week. Yeah, I know. Now that we love Wolverine, we should <laughs> Wolverine. Uh, hey, Matthew, uh, the 26th uh, issue of Crossed Badlands comes out. You reviewed uh, issue 25 20- not too long ago and had I nightmares did. from it. Well, you know, the thing about Crossed is if you're not horrified, you weren't paying attention. Yeah, man, I don't, I just, uh, I don't think I have any interest in that book ever. Even though it's Garth Ennis, and I appreciate what Garth Ennis does, but it's like, hey, Garth Ennis, we're going to give you complete control, do whatever you want, there are no restraints. And I think you end up with this book. And you know what happens? Yes. People eat their own babies. no restraints, people eat babies, exactly. Honey Badger versus the world. Uh, huh. I don't know who that is by. Uh, somebody who likes their memes. <laughs> Probably uh, is that Blue Water? Maybe. Jason, Life, Jason Life with Bales. Archie number twenty-eight. Mark Wade Green Hornet number one comes out. Mark Wade Green Hornet number one Sold comes American. out next week. Sold that is what American. we're going to review because I love Mark Wade and I likes me some Green Hornet. And Matthew like loves him some Green Hornet and likes him some Mark Wade. so... Wait, why do I have to like Green Hornet? <laughs> Shadow Falls number one also comes out. Sherlock Holmes of Liverpool oh, Demon number three. We reviewed the first issue of that quite some time ago. We did. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, there's some magazines and books and merchandise that comes out all next week. You can find the complete rundown over at Majorspoilers.com. And if you're looking for that uh, Crossed Badlands review, you can also find that over at Majorspoilers.com. we got a bunch of reviews over there. New reviews every day from our talented staff of writers. We love each and every one of them. And Matthew. 
You say the talented staff. I always have to make sure that I'm included. Oh, you're always included, Matthew. Of course. I know, but the, you're like the talented people at Major Spoilers wrote something. Well, they do. And and like we're, to, we're proud of them, and they're fantastic, and they are wonderful, and we hope that they, they stick around for years and years to come. And of course, our listener support. I'm going to be replaced. Our listener support will always uh, help us along to make sure that they stick around for a long, That's long time. Right. If you're looking for other podcasts, there's a couple of ways you can get it. Of course, this is in the major, the Dueling Reviews is in the Major Spoilers feed, but if you're looking for all the shows we produce, and right now we've got the Major Spoilers podcast, Dueling Review podcast, Munchkin Land, which is a uh, game based on the Munchkin card game from Steve Jackson Games. We've got Top yep. 5, which is a countdown uh, show, and the one that's coming up next week is going to blow your mind, because we're talking about the top our top 5 songs from the 90s. We've got uh, Zach on Film, which is now spinning off from the Major Spoilers podcast. Zach it's getting its own film. show. And then, of course, we have Critical Hit, a Major film. Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons pad- podcast. If you want to get all of those and you don't have to run all over the iTunes or all over the Major Spoilers website looking for individual issues, you can subscribe to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed and get all of these. Almost a new show coming out every day. And I've mentioned that uh, because it does say Podcast Network, it does imply that we are connected with other podcasters. And we're about mm. to make an announcement on that in the next couple of weeks, as mm. soon as we nail down all the final technical details. We'll be adding some that other shows from others good. into our Major Spoilers Master Feed. So be one to uh, check out on that. Anything else before we get out of here this week, Matthew? Zach on film. I don't think so. All right. Everybody likes pie. Yep, you're going to go snag uh, the Green Lantern thing, claim it before anyone else, or Green uh, Hornet before anybody else does. Hang on, let me push the button. Green Hornet. Green Hornet, wider than a mile. I was thinking like Red Robin. Green Hornet, yum. No, Red Robin is a member of the Teen Titans. (laughs) For how much longer? (laughs) Exactly. All right, everybody. Black Condor is an entirely different guy. We, uh, we enjoy reading comics because we know that you do, too. And we enjoy discussing this show. And remember, when you've got two guys and one comic, there are infinite possibilities, infinite things that can happen. Come back next week and see if Matthew and I finally punch one another in the face. Take care. Spoilers is copyright 2013.